Well, hello, my God, hello, hello. This is Latanya Hendry with A Woman's Soul Restored. I have not did a podcast um, live since the end of April, the last Wednesday in April. I have taken a long sabbatical and I am so excited to be back. But I did need that break. wasn't really a break because I still was working on other things, but I was thankful for that opportunity to spend time with friends and family and celebrate my birthday, which was in May. My family took me out of town to a cabin, and me and one of my sisters are two days apart, so we were able to celebrate our birthdays together. On Hers was May 14th, mine was May 16th, but we were in, um, oh, I forgot the name of the little town but they have the park is called jack and jill park um and they have cabins there and we were in the large cabin so that cabin was so beautiful and we were able to just kick back and enjoy and on that saturday the whole family came up um well a large portion of the family and i was not aware that that was going to take place so we just had a wonderful time and just during the summer period, I enjoyed the grandkids, um, had some ups and downs, but in the midst of it, God was still faithful. So I'm so thankful for this opportunity to be back, yes, and share these awesome stories that these women come on and share. They give their hearts, they pour out what God has given them, what he has done in their lives, and I'm so thankful that they trust me with their stories. And today, y'all, today... We're kicking off on high gear. The young lady that I have for my guest today, she emailed, she emailed me the end of, I think it was May. I think it was the second week in May. And I explained to her that I was on summer break, but she would be my first guest on season three. And she said that was fine. And I reached out to her two weeks ago. Or maybe it was the end of last week. Might have been the end of last week just to see if her schedule was still open. And she said that it was. And we went forth with her interview. I tell you, y'all are in for a surprise today, but also an eye opener. It surely opened my eyes. So today's guest is from one of our favorite presidents home, Little Rock, Arkansas. Um beautiful spirit beautiful young lady and the story that she has to share is one that will really have you thinking about simple procedures the things that are minor that we take the major operations seriously and the major things we go in the hospital for we take those seriously but those things that we may have to stay overnight are the day surgeries that we're supposed to just be in and out minor anesthesia and that type stuff but things can go wrong we have heard horror stories about incidences of things going wrong and this young lady is going to share her story about what happened to her and she's going to share it in detail. So we're going to do a quick break, a very quick break. And after we get back, we're going to, my guest is going to share her amazing and life-changing story. Very life-changing story. So today, we're going to be talking about from near death to rebirth. From near death to rebirth. 
Well, that was the original story. Anyway, it's from death to rebirth. It was near death to rebirth, but after I heard her story, I had to change that title. So today we are talking about from death to rebirth, and her name is Shanice Chantel. So when we come back, please help me welcome Shanice as she joins us on the A Woman's Soul Restored podcast and shares her amazing story. So don't go anywhere. Make yourself comfortable and come right back. Eccentric Studio One Art Gallery and Boutique is located at 309 West Julian Street in beautiful City Market right above Belfords. Their number is 912-272-0085. Eccentric Studio, the number one, dot com is the website. Shop local down here in the heart of Savannah's City Market. The multifaceted art gallery and boutique offers an array of handmade gifts from fine art, custom wood decor, boho and Afrocentric jewelry, to hand-poured candles, scented shea butters, and more. The artist owners would love to share their gifts with you. Visit their art gallery and boutique to shop their eccentric collection. They offer 10% off to total purchase for locals and military. So visit Eccentric Studio One in beautiful City Market. Their number is 912-272-0085. Website is eccentricstudio1.com. The art gallery that offers so much more. Welcome to season three of A Woman's Soul Restored. And today we have a very special guest that has a compelling story to share with us that can only be told by the woman herself. So today I introduce you to Chantel, to Shanice Chantel. Welcome, Shanice. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. It's my honor. I'm so anxious to hear your story i've read it but i I just want to hear it from you because it's it's just amazing yes ma'am well i am so thankful just to be able to share my story with you uh, i am shanice chantel i'm from the rock art um now my background is i was a teenage mom i had a child at the age of 16. So I, I learned how to um, navigate through challenges and crisis early on and how to work hard. And as I began to age, I began to fall into what I wanted to do in life, which, which was um, stay within a medical field and go to college. So I went to medical school. And at the peak of my career, I uh, was working at the Arkansas Heart Hospital with, cardi- uh, with cardiologists and cardiovascular surgeons. Um, and so it was my dream job. Uh, well, as I was working there, I ended up getting pregnant. So 16 years later, I ended up having a baby girl. And then a year later, I, I had her sister. And mm-hmm. so um, I went into the hospital to have my third child. 
Um, delivery was fine. I was I was very healthy. Um, I, I always was looking forward to bouncing back because all my pregnancy, I always was bouncing back. I would, you know, go jump in an airplane, run up and down a mountain, just, you know, just jumping into my um, good life. Yes. And so um, after I delivered the baby, I opted in to have a, a tubal ligation, which is most people know it as getting my tubes tied. Right. And and so uh, right after I had the baby, they used to supposed to do skin to skin, but they were so anxious to go ahead and get me within the operating room. Um, they stated I was going to be back very shortly to breastfeed my child, and that's what I expected. So the the surgery took an hour and 20 minutes, but it's only supposed to take 20 minutes. Mm. Not sure why everything was so link, linky. All I know is um, a day I was starting to decline. And the day after I began to complain that my stomach is hurting, my abdomen is hurting. And a woman knows her body. Right. So I always, you know, jumping back to, to my, after having my kids and everything, I knew something wasn't right because it was different this time around. And so um, the doctor ended up doing an NG tube and then following NG tube was a feeding tube because I refused to eat. And they were kept urging me to eat, but I knew that if I wasn't going to the restroom, um, that means I was being bagged up. Right, right. And and so um, they ended up doing the feeding tube. Well, they think that the NG2 was going to release some uh, decomposition, what they say, gas, right? And right. so, um, but it did not. Steady complaining up to the sixth day, I really started to show signs of death. And so mm-hmm. I started to throw up my bowels and then um, I, I became very feverish. The room was cold, the doctor was cold, nurse was cold, my family's cold, but I'm still complaining that I'm hot, I'm burning up. It felt like something, a match was lit, like someone put gasoline on the inside and lit that match and I was burning from the inside out. Wow. And my family moved me to a vent. They also put cold towels on me. I had no relief. So my sister, uh, she come from a background within the medical field. She, she worked, she's a hospice aide. And she stated to my mom that I think Nisi has an infection. And um, my mom said, I think you're right. And so my mom went ahead and talked with the nurse. The nurse then called the doctor and the doctor said, well, I'm going home for today. So they were gonna look into my, the theory of my parents the following morning. But I believe my mama looked into my eyes and a mother, no. Right, and, right. And, and she knew that I was giving up the fight. Although she knew I wasn't, a, uh, she knew that I was a fighter, but she just know that she just, she just know me. And okay. so um, luckily, uh, second time around, they listened to my mom and they ended up doing a CT scan. The CT scan showed that I had fecal matter and that prompt emergency exploratory surgery. And so I immediately had started, didn't have time to prep or anything. They just wheeled me straight to surgery right away because they knew that time was at essence at this point. And so by the time the surgeon opened me up, a bunch of infection poured out. 
as she was certain as she was um looking within my guts and everything she noticed a nick bound within my intestines mm. and then she noticed several abscesses so mm-hmm. so she ended up having to clean everything out because you just think about this you got bowel movement which is poisoning right right um, going all through your bloodstream killing everything in your body your heart your lungs and so she ended up putting a wound back on me as well as several drainages to drain the infection well they after after surgery they wheeled me into um, ccu cultures revealed i had three deadly infections i was told if i was five years um, older i wouldn't be able to survive within those three deadly infections and so now they're trying to race against time. So they're overdosing me with antibiotics and everything, you know, experimental, uh, experimenting on me to to get me to a point where they can hopefully save my life. Right. And so things got better. Things got worse. Mm-hmm. Three days. Um, we're talking about a, a month in. And within this period, I had to give that newborn to her first time dad. Wow. My six year old at the time had to step into my shoes to care for her younger sibling mm. and then that um, younger sibling every time she see me she's crying because she don't recognize her mommy because all the pores and the environment my Lord. but my mom stated to me that baby will always know me which she did once i made it home right so once i um got wheeled from ccu and came back to the floor they end up telling me that i have double pneumonia and it was just domino effect and for me I was already weak I just overcome collapsed lung um, and now I got double pneumonia so I didn't know if I was going to survive this or not I was kind of questioning not that I was questioning God I was just trying to I was questioning because I knew my body was was giving out and so they end up they end up repositioning me you know every hour on the hour my mom my dad helped me to walk and then um they also, within this period, I had a real bad, um, bad sore or a, a bed sore. And mm. so they also had to put another, they had to treat that wound as well. But ended up beating the money within a couple of days. Things got better, things got worse. Well, the day of my birthday, I end up having a hard time breathing. Um, and I was laboring for air and the doctor said, breathe in your nose and out your mouth. Breathe in your nose and out your mouth. Well, I'm not really understanding what really is taking place because I never been laboring with 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 air. Right. Right. And so um, I end up passing out. We'll go with the BiPAP. Mm. And then from there, um, on um, the, I, instead of having cake and ice cream birthday, they say you got a respiratory failure, renal failure, and a congestive heart failure. Basically, you telling me that I'm about to die. Things I ain't looking to. And so, the treatment for those things, and then made it to about a month and a half. Um, a nurse told me, she said, "Well, if you let the doctor know that you're ready to go home, which means you're telling the doctor that you feel better and you know you're able to take care of yourself at home, right. then they're gonna try to get together as a board meeting and try to get you discharged." And so. So I start working on the first doctor all the way to the, the last doctor. And about the evening time, I got the okay that I going home. Mm. So excited. My family's excited. Well, they all there. We praising God and everything. 
And then my sister was the last one to leave. She said that she would pick me up the following morning because she was really the next person of contact because okay. my mom was working and she were closer to me because her job was closer. And so by the time she left the hospital home, which is maybe 15 to 20 minutes, she gets the frantic call that I flatlined. Jeez. And now in her, in her mind, it's like, I just left her. Like, what happened between me leaving her and now that she flatlined? Right. And so now she's rushing back to the hospital. And by the time she get there, they ask her, well, she, well she, she rushed in and said, what's going on? And the doctor said, what you mean, what's going on? She flatlined. Didn't know that was my sister because she was still within her uniform. Right. So right. she saw me as a sister. She saw my eyes bug. She saw the doctor's nurse in the machine. And she ended up past. She ended up um, fainting. Mm. And so, what really took place as she was coming home was I had a heart monitor on, and my heart monitor read that my rhythm was off, and so that prompted the doctors and nurses to rush in to see about me. By the time they came to see about me, everything uh, went back to normal. Um, I was talking and everything just like I'm talking with you. Right. And right. then from there, um, they left. And 15 minutes later, they get a stat call. And a stat mm -hmm. call said that uh, for them to get to me right away. Right. And so on the stat call, uh, so they rushed in with the machines, doctors and nurses, and they asked me how I was doing. And I saw them, but I couldn't respond. Mm. And I immediately, I flatlined. And within this 20 minutes of flatlining, I realized, hmm, well, that's strange. My body is there, but I'm here in reference to I'm no longer a part of that body or within the hospital setting. And then I then I said, oh, I just died. I didn't mean to die because it was so easy to let go. I wasn't thirsty. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't stressed. I wasn't worried. I didn't feel the five shocks that was going on. Wow. I didn't feel the needles, didn't feel nothing. Because my spirit was no longer that body. That body felt weight. And by the time I lifted from that body, I felt very light. My Lord. Um, like the troubles was off my shoulder. So yeah. once I realized that I was gone, of course, I, I had the feeling of anxiety. Um, I realized that I was passed, I passed on. I'm leaving back my babies. My family is grieving. And so I began to transition and I felt a feeling of love like no other like it's nothing that compared here on earth to that type of love that i felt mm. i felt welcome i felt forgiven i felt pure i felt special um, i felt comforted what? and with, within those feeling i think when when time was passing by earthly i was going into a deeper sleep and when i said deeper sleep i mean it felt like i was sleeping but my eyes were open I was seeing mm. and so I remember going through this dark tunnel initially and I could see that light and I always heard you know you shouldn't go to the light but for me I didn't have a choice but to go to the light because the light was pulling me Wow! and it was um, and so I started to hear instrumental music and, and my transition became very very beautiful I'm like wow I'm about to meet God I'm about to go through the light because my upbringing is Jesus is the truth and the light yes. and that yeah. became okay because I'm meeting God mm. so as I as I approached the light um, I began to transition into different periods I went into a period where I can hear prayers 
people praying for me. Um, I, the last thing I remember is going into this garden. I would say it's more like a lily in the valley. And it's one particular flower that was pulsating, uh, communicating with me. And this flower is so beautiful where I can see, I can look at the stem and I can see the energy and life just flowing from it. Mm. So um, I believe that that was my rebirth. God was speaking to me and I understood everything at that particular time. And I don't think I had the choice to stay. And so once I was sent back into my body, um, I wasn't familiar with it. I woke up within a within a coma. So I was they put me after I came to after 20 minutes, showed signs of life. They didn't know if I was gonna be a vegetable or not, but they put me in an induced coma to take the pressure off my brain and my heart. Mm. And so that took 20 that took 48 hours, so it was just a watch and see. Right. And I came out the coma and my mom, mom, what happened? Because usually that's that's a question that you ask. What happened? Where am I? Right. And my mom said, Nisa, you stopped breathing. You died. I was like, no, I didn't. And so I went, mm -hmm. it's my sister. Because I'm always bugging her and asking her questions over and over again. I said, what happened? And she said, your heart stopped for 20 minutes. Nisa, you died. And Nisa is a nickname that they call me. Not okay. that I did not believe them, but my mind could not register or phantom all that took place, all that I've seen, mm -hmm. all the traumatized. But they also gave me medicine to wipe off the trauma but what they could not wipe out is what God wanted me to share to everyone. Mm. And so, so within that said, on the, I end up being discharged from the hospital. Um, it was right at 54 days, September 11, 2019. I went home and within the hospital, I'm thinking to myself, while I was in the hospital, I'm like, well, I'll be able to go home, everything back normal, I'm strong. But that wasn't the case. My mind was telling me I was strong, but my body told me something different. Mm -hmm. So I went home having to de be dependent on everything, uh, all the support of my family. Wow. You know, I, I had to um, be assisted in taking a bath. I had to be hooked up to my life vest, my, my wound bag, mm -hmm. uh, my IV medicine. I had to go through home health, all of those things. Um, certain things that was once simple became a challenge. And so uh, within 24 hours of me going home, I began to go downhill. I wasn't able to swallow. I wasn't able to talk. Um, I was talking like a baby. Mm. And I began, you know, walking very funny. And so my family told me to go. Uh, they recommended that I go back to the doctor. Well, I was too afraid to go back to the hospital that I was at because they kept me for 54 days. They made a mistake. Mm. They was listening to me. And I was just scared that I wasn't mm. going to make it back out. Now that I'm finally out, I was scared that I wasn't going to make it back out. And so yeah. I ended up opting in to go to a different hospital. And they kept me for several days because they said I had stroke-like symptoms and volume loss in my brain. Mm. And they sent me home on the third day. Well, within a couple hours, they called back and said, well, you got to come back up here because uh, your labs came back and you got E. coli. It's contagious. Ooh. So I'm refusing to go back, but my family really encouraging me because it's contagious and I can give it to them. But thankfully, on our way there, another doctor confirmed that it, that can be treated at home. Okay. And treated at home. So now we're in a process of on December the 4th, I end up getting a pacemaker. 
because within my event there's no telling if my heart would when my heart was is going to stop so pacemakers mm-hmm. use as for me as a secondary just in case it stops they can get to me right away because imagine if i would have made it home the following day with them babies in my family right. i would never have right. to have that immediate uh, the, the immediate care and i probably wouldn't be here today mm. and so december 4th i received the pacemaker so by then i already had maybe eight to nine surgeries Jeez. um so the following month i began to I, I looked at this i looked at this television i don't know whether it's a movie or show this one when she was going to cardiac arrest and she was given cpr and so that triggered my event and i started to have those flashbacks and i started to feel worried i started to feel anxiety depression um having ptsd um i felt began to feel like i was a burden so those feelings came back because within my within the early part of healing and recovery um my mind wasn't there mentally so I didn't register everything so now my mind is starting to come back right and so my dad suggested that I go see a psychiatrist um, and a counselor and I was thinking to myself daddy I ain't crazy (laughs) and so but that was just a lack of knowledge and so when I went to go see a psychiatrist I saw a psychiatrist because I had the I need skills to help me cope to process everything that that went on to to really um, get into a safe place that I'm no longer the person that I I, I was mm-hmm. and that I had to learn how to move on to accept and, and be cautious of the person that I am now because I was I'm, I'm familiar with this person you know this person got scars this person is sick this person it don't feel the same mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so the psychiatrist eventually recommended that I write a book mm-hmm. and she also did it for so for therapeutic healing. I wrote a book, never written a book before in my life. All I know, I just told everything, went in a particular order, I told it. I found a publisher, which is Butterfly Typeface Publishing right here in Little Rock. Um, they created a masterpiece of book. And and now I'm just sharing my story because I, I realized recently that there's this is a crisis, this is a problem here. Yes. I realized I didn't know then. I didn't know that I might have been uh, signing my death sentence going into the hospital. I mm. that I had to worry about whether or not I was going to survive childbirth because I haven't been having childbirth for years. Exactly. I didn't know what a tubal was going to go wrong because people around me had safe surgeries and tubal ligations. Mm. So, and I didn't know the risk. Now, the right. thing is, even though I didn't know the risk, the doctors and the nurses knew the risk. Yes. Um, they supposed to be the eyes and ears, so they sh- so they should have known that something was going wrong. They should have known the signs. Mm. But the thing about it is, the person that delivered my baby is not the person is not the doctor I've been seeing throughout my pres- pregnancy to care for me. She was someone on call, so she didn't know that I was a healthy uh, young black woman. She didn't know that I didn't have any signs of heart failure, kidney failure. Um, I was very active. I was at the peak of peak of my life. You know, she didn't know that I was a daughter, or she, or I was a good mother. You know, these things that she didn't know about me. Right. And so, if she had known that, it would have might might have changed the way she cared for me. Mm. Um, mm. 
but within that, so again, knowing the risk, secondly, is being sincere about um, the care. Because right. when you walk into the hospital now, a black woman being pregnant, um, you automatically characterize a yeah. high risk. Yes. And whether or not you got insurance, you already put into a category. And Lord behold, if you don't have the proper insurance, then mm. you're not going to get the proper care. And even if you did have proper insurance, depend on who the doctors and the nurse is and uh, where the hospital's at as far as quality care, you still may not get the proper care because of the color of your skin and where we are right here right now. That's true. So um, so it's a lot of factors that, that goes into to this to this place, but I the mistake was she nicked my bowels. Mm. Another mistake is I survived and now I'm telling about it. Yes. To help every woman out there not who no longer have a voice to tell that maternal story or who has a maternal story but are, are too ashamed to come out and tell it. Right, right. And so that's where I'm at now is just spreading the purpose, spreading the spreading the mission and really knowing that I am a miracle because I cannot deny God. Amen. And um, I know that it, my life was of the doctor. I wasn't supposed to, I wasn't supposed to uh, not come back. Mm. You know, I, I was questioning within that, within that period, that everything looked bad. So I was like, this is going to be the end of me. There was two ways for me to leave the hospital. Either I was going to die and leave, or I was going to go home and not be the same as wow. as I walked in. And so um, both things had happened to me, but it, it was a trying of my faith. And I realized, and I kept saying to myself, um, by your stripes, I am healed. Lord, you said mm -hmm. I had faith as small as a mustard seed. So I kept that mustard seed of faith. Yes. And that really what brought me through was that mustard seed. Not mm. that I didn't believe in God, or, but it's another thing to confess it, that yeah. you have faith in God. But it's different when you have to depend on that if you left with nothing else, but your belief and your faith is different when that's all you got left. My God, my God. And, and so, um, so, that's, so, so that's what the movement is for me, is to make sure that I'm touching lives the best way I can to share my story to know that I went to a place that God has prepared for me. I went to paradise. I no longer, yes, I am a fearful of falling asleep or fearful of hospitals or needles and things, things that I was no longer fearful at first. But yeah. because what happened to me, it put fear in me. Not that I shouldn't have fear, but I'm human. Right. But right. the thing about it is I know where I went and I know that if I shall return there is a place that I um, shall return to mm. and, I, and hell wasn't even in my mindset hell wasn't even a thought in, in that transition mm. and then soon I made it back over also I'm going to leave you with this as well that there is after effects of everything that takes place so you have to be on medicine in order to help you survive so within you taking medicines your hair fall out so then mm. you have to so then the shocks 
is uh was there to to help save your lives but with the shocks the um the voltage was so strong that it left an imprint so every time they put hot and cold packs on me uh skin would go with it my lord that that the that the device that was the pr saved my life cracked my ribs jesus one thing after another if i was told that i would go through all of these things with the period of time and i would survive i would think that someone is lying but the thing mm-hmm. about that's the glory of it because that's yeah. where god come in do the impossible mm. My and God. He, he's a way maker. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he is using you as an instrument to bring awareness because that's what it is. We these things go on more than we know or hear about. And the fact that you are using your story as a vessel, using yourself, God is using you as a vessel to let us be aware that no it may seem like an isolated event but it's not these things go on and sometimes people don't make it to share their story and things get swept under the rug and that's just reality you know we we live in a society where everything is not given to us as it should we get information but it's not the information that we should always get so i applaud you for sharing your story and thank God for the bravery that he has given you to share it because like you said a lot of people may feel shame or not want to say it or try to keep it a secret and don't want to put that emphasis on themselves but it's not really emphasizing you it's emphasizing the glory of God and how beautiful his grace is to be able for you to have that experience and come back and talk about it that is no shame in it that is is beautiful Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. And another thing as well is purpose. See, I didn't, I never knew my purpose. And some people wait, some people was born knowing their purpose, what they were meant to do. But I always felt empty and wanted to know my purpose is what I asked God for. But I didn't want to die to get to it. But sometimes you have to go through the storm and the forces and you got to go through something in order to, to, to receive. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in order to, to have that purpose birthed unto you, right? And so that's right. that's what I had to do. I had to go through it in order to receive my purpose. And now that I have my purpose, it's in my hands, and it's um, it's my duty to make sure that purpose is fulfilled. Exactly. Uh, All I can say is, it's not too often that I'm speechless. But reading it, I was like in awe and actually hearing it, it's like really God gives us more strength than we are even yes. aware that we have. Absolutely. And it's only by his grace and mercy. It's nothing we do on our own. But because he strengthens us to endure and he brought you back to share it, to tell it, not to keep it, you know, to yourself or, you know, you and your family know it, but just like you and I'm gonna read this quote because I think I, it was so beautiful. It says, My scars have shown me a new path one that I am blessed to share with the world. Mm. That is so impactful and so beautiful. I was like, I can't wait to interview this young lady because the wisdom Amen. that you have at your age came from God, but it came from the experience that God allowed you to have. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, 
Wow, wow. So I, I do have a few questions. And one of the main things I want to bring up is the importance of family. Because mm. I think that's the difference between how your story could have ended. You had family around you that whole time. And yes. speaking up for you and not leaving things as, oh, well, we'll deal with this, you know, tomorrow, whatever. Your mom, which mothers, I'm a mother, and we had that in common. I had my daughter when I was 16. Oh, wow. <laughs> my daughter is now 38 years old. <laughs> but wow. I had her at 16, and I do know it, even in that in itself, it gives a different level of trials being a teen mm -hmm. mom. But for you to keep enduring and keep enduring and now to end up with this powerful testimony, and that's what it is, is a testimony um, of what God allowed you to experience. And that's all I could, could sum it up to as an experience for you to come back and share with others that yes. that that just that path. And that family God, is definitely important. I can't imagine. If mm. I was in a hospital, even within the, the COVID season, in the hospital, and I had no family around. See, exactly. that's why people need to check on their people. You don't know exactly. what's going on there, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night, if mm. you're not there. Certain things goes on behind the scenes. Right, right. Whether you got a good doctor. I totally agree that we have to pay attention to our loved ones and people around us because the story could have went the other way if your family were not heavily involved while you were there in the hospital. Absolutely. Wow. It's just, and, and I know you appreciate that support. And so uh, apparently y'all are a close knit family. Yeah, we are with. very, very close. Um, my mom um, had, had three girls, so we don't have, we have boys. Well, my sister, she, she did have a son, but he's the only boy in the family. But we, we always stuck together. When Warren is going through, we all going through. Yes, yes. And that's how it's supposed to be. And that's the importance of having family. Family is important. I used to have a saying that, um, you know, I, I didn't need family because unfortunately my family was not close when I was younger. But as I've gotten older, I have really realized the importance and the value of family, not only for them to me, but for me to them is is mutual. You know, that we be there for one another, support one another through the ups and downs, good and bad, through the things that family go through. And it's just key that you emphasize that you're your, your parents helped you to walk. Your your mom was very observant. Your sister, just the unit in totality was there for you. Absolutely. And see, I have a praying family. Mm. So so every so everybody closest to me was praying on my behalf for me to survive. Matter wow. of fact, in order for people, to, in order for uh, my close family to even find out what was going on with me, they had to know the code, which means prayer. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, and wow. So, um, so prayer changes things. You know, if, if you if you say you're going to pray for someone, pray because God hears prayers. Mm. Mm. 
And that's key. If you say you're going to pray for someone, don't brush it off. Go wow. ahead and pray for them and really send up those the old people used to call it timber. Send up timber yes. up to God. And, and he does hear our prayers. The prayers of the righteous availeth much and he hears us. My God. Yeah, I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Yes, Lord. And and another thing you brought up about that simple procedure, because I had a tube ligation many years ago at well, 29 years ago after my last son. And it is simple, very simple procedure. But we fail to realize that anytime that something has to go on inside your body, that mm-hmm. something can go wrong. Absolutely. And a doctor's not perfect. Right. No one is. Right. You know? Nope. Exactly. And, and no so, one is perfect. But the, the important thing is being aware of the risk of your rights. Knowing, yes. um, knowing that knowing that something is wrong, and knowing that it's okay to say something is wrong here, something is Ooh. not right. That's I'm right. not, I'm not trying to be argumentative. I'm trying to be different. I'm just really trying to stress that something is going wrong. Exactly, exactly. It was being overlooked on my behalf that made complaints wasn't being heard, but because my complaints wasn't being heard, guess what? I got my mama, got my sister, yes. I got yes. my dad. Yes. Yes. All together, we're making a bunch of noise. That's right. That's right. And that's what it takes. Yes. Yes. My God. Wow. And you summed it up beautifully how you told your story and just flowed with it so eloquently. Thank you. But in totality, how long was this process from beginning to end? So I am still going through the process. This just wow. happened. I just reached the anniversary. In July the 20th, 2019 is when I had the baby. When I had the event was August the 28th. My birthday is August 16th. So then I had the rebirth event, which is August the 28th. I'm still going through um, seeing a heart transplant. In a couple of years, I have to get a new battery for this mm-hmm. pacemaker. Um, also, this pacemaker is on recall, so I'm not sure if I have to go through any new surgery as well. Um, so I'm still going to see my psychiatrist and counseling because it's an ongoing thing. It's been life changing. And right. for me, seeing a psychiatrist is helping me to grow, to really not feel ashamed, to really feel that um, that what happened, it happened. And um, although it disabled disabled me but it didn't unable me I'm able to to accept and find new ways find the new Shanice get to know her because I got to know my spirit outside of my body Mm. so now it's just a day by day and wherever God send me I follow wherever my story go I go when I get opportunity to to tell it I tell it because I know it was just as easy for me not to tell it I know that um it happens so often where families is left caring for the baby. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, it's not the fact that the problem is us having the baby, African-American women having a baby. We have the baby naturally and safely, but it's the aftermath. It's yeah. the care and the treatment after you have the baby. Exactly. And that's what goes into um, dying, uh, morbidity, being disabled, because mm. and all of these things, they're preventable. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Wow. 
speaking of God within the lily, beautiful title. You, you spoke of the book that your psychiatrist recommended, and and we know that writing is therapeutic. Um, yeah. Most most readings and most documentaries we see, they tell you if you could write a journal or even if you can write a book or just put something down. Writing is essential for healing. It's therapeutic. How essential was your book, God Within the Lily? How important was that? Essential was that to your ongoing healing? Where for me, it was more of a relief or a release. Mm. You know, when you when you writing, um, it was more of I had to remember and I had to. Uh, it brought back a lot of feelings and emotional feelings and things of that nature. So um, I end up having to. I put everything within writing. Didn't have any type of organization skill. I just started to write and I started to let the spirit and the anointing just flow. Mm. And then I found a um, I found a book publisher, which is the Butterfly Typeface Publishing. And we locked arms and and now we we have a we have a book. And so wow. um so it's so for me it was very essential because like I say, I'm in a process of healing. Yes. And even now that the book has been released, I still find ways that I may need to write. I may need to talk about right. it. I may need to hear someone else's story, someone to hear my story because we're sharing and we're healing right. um, throughout all of this. Mm. And and so um, so so for me, it was a huge process of, of my healing. It it allowed me to open up thoughts. Um, and it allowed me to know that I had to get this book out because there was a bigger purpose other than myself. It wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. You know, True. it was about my True. children. It was about mothers. It was about babies. It was about faith. It's about hope. It's about empowerment. It's about positivity. It's, it's herring. It's inspirational. And the world needs something to remind them that God is real. It's hope that God yeah. is there. Hear prayers. And yeah. he performed miracles. Wow. Wow. And you are truly a living, walking, breathing, talking miracle. And that's the only way to describe it. And Amen. the book is beautiful. I saw the cover with you and the baby. And she's not a little baby anymore. Still a baby, but not a little baby anymore. She's actually, and yes. turning, she's actually turning four. Um, the baby on the cover is actually, her name is Naomi. And oh, let me just tell you, let me just tell you this. So after having a baby for 16 years, Naomi came about. And within the first trimester, I knew her name was going to be Naomi. I didn't know why. But I knew it in my bosom that that baby was going to be named Naomi. And so I started to uh, connect the dots and I started to read the book of Ruth. Ruth yes. And I started to learn more about Naomi. Mm. Right. And so then once I became hospitalized of having baby Kenzie, I needed that Naomi's grace because there were moments where I, where I felt that forgotten about me, mm. but he, but I had to realize that he's always on time. Yes. 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 Because always. he didn't allow me to go home. Although I wanted to go home, he allowed whatever took place to take place in that hospital. Yes. Imagine if I would have went home. And mm. so I needed that Naomi Grace 
to know that God has not forgotten about me, that he has something greater and better in store. And so every time I speak of my daughter, Naomi, I call her name. I remember Naomi's grace. And the more I speak of it, the more it becomes reality and alive. And the more I feel grace. Beautiful. That is such a beautiful name, Naomi Grace. Wow. Wow. And when you said her name, I went, my mind automatically went to Ruth. (laughs) Automatically. Because Naomi is one of those characters that we kind of dismiss okay but no she was imperative to Ruth you know so Absolutely. yeah beautiful beautiful Naomi Grace wow. yeah, I knew I needed that Naomi Grace because he saw the future he saw ahead I yeah. didn't know mm. I didn't know what was around the point So even though you didn't know how it was going to end, God already knew and had a plan for your life. You didn't know what your purpose was, but God, from the foundations of you, he knew what you were ordained to be. And just this purpose of spreading uh, awareness and being an inspirationalist and giving people an insight into the what can go on with something such as simple as a tubal ligation, something that maybe half of the women population, even more, have had. And no telling how many have went to the left. You know, it, and it, it's something we don't even think about. You know, simple surgeries, things we go, day, day surgery, we go in and come back out or something we may have to stay overnight for, but we don't think about the the what are really, what can go wrong. And it can happen to anybody. It can yeah. happen if you're healthy. It can happen if you ain't healthy. It can happen sure. if you're a woman. It can happen if you're young. If, it can happen if you're older. You know, it it can happen to anybody. You know, um, and so so knowing that knowing that something can go wrong, it can happen to to anybody. Yes. And it was a reason for me to question or continue to question God. Why me? It's like why not? Mm. I've been building you for this very moment. You might have missed the signs, but every road that you had in your life leads up to this point. You're ready. God, God. Mm. I, I do want to I almost hate the end because it's really, really so good. And just to get it, I feel like I'm getting to know you through your interview and your story. But I do want to touch on the fact that you weren't able to do skin to skin. And right after you gave birth, everything started happening. And then eventually you had to end up giving your newborn to a first time dad how did that what kind of toll did that take it it tore me up it tore Mm. me up because nine months i've been preparing for that baby she was my last baby Mm. father was not in the picture throughout the pregnancy now he's a good dad now but throughout the pregnancy the weight was on me Mm. so when that baby came it was so beautiful that I saw that baby and I held that baby and the father and immediately I had to go through surgery. 
And I wanted to breastfeed that baby like I did with all my children. Give that baby a chance. Right. You know, with uh with breast milk. And I wanted I had so many things that I wanted to do with that child, but that child was sent to her nexus at next again up to six months. Mm. So I lost six months of that baby life, that bonding time. Yes. I had yes. to she had to get to know me. I had to get to know her. But we always was connected because she knew my heartbeat. Mm. <laughs> and and as of right now, I'm just picking up where I left off. I don't want to change her environment. So I'm we're co-parenting with her. Awesome. And she has so many people that love her. But a baby girl or even a child supposed to go home with their mother. Yes. 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 And um it just don't make sense mm. for not for it not to happen. And so um, during that process of, I was in the operating room, my mother and my family was like, what's going on? And because the baby was crying for to be fed, the baby was hungry. Right. So they had to make the ultimate decision, even though they knew it was against what I wanted to happen for that baby, they had to make the ultimate decision to bottle feed that baby. Right, right, wow. And, wow. Um, and and that's that's where that's where where everything started. I mean, it was just it was life changing. You know, I missed out on Naomi's walking. I missed out on her first birthday. I had plans for us to have a huge birthday gathering because it's supposed to be her first birthday. Yes. So I knew once I had the bir- once I have her younger sister, the next month is going to be her birthday, and two days her birthday is two days after mine. So we're really going to celebrate it together in Princess Jasmine. Well, everything took place, and when Naomi turned actual one, I had to have my sister to take her on a shopping spree because I was no longer, I wasn't able to take her on uh, to do anything for her birthday because I was hospitalized. Wow. So finally that following year, when it was our birthday again, I said, well, we're going to utilize this Princess Jasmine thing. And so that's how we took the photo shoot, which is now for the book. Wow, so beautiful. connected. Beautiful, full circle. It we're, we're, well, I, full got three, circle. I got three queens. <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow. I, I think that speaks a lot of your character that you are able to, you know, you, you're concerned that taking her, being extreme and moving her fully from one environment to another, that, that may shock her little system. So to be able to co-parent and be unselfish like that, that's what mothers motherhood is to put what you may want aside you may want to you know lost time with her you want to spend time you want to hold her you want to caress her as much as possible but to know that okay what's best for her it's best for her that i wanted and and don't get me wrong i wanted that baby i didn't i i didn't i wanted that baby because i already missed out so much time with her right so i knew i had to make up time i knew she was um steady growing on me but I had to look at the situation. Yeah. She had her dad that loved her. She had a Nana that loved her. Mm. She going to three different households, but it's all about the betterness for the child. Yeah. Why not have all of us love her? Yes. Yeah, maybe yes. confused for her jumping from one household to the next, but she's already lost six months with her mommy. Mm. Mm. And so yeah, I love her village. close to me, but now, you know, a baby is within your with within your belly. They know you. They smell you. 
Yes. And after you have them, they know you, they smell you. Mm. When you take a child from that, knowing and smelling their mother initially, something that they've been used to for nine months and putting them in an environment that they have to learn and smell, that's different. Yes. Yes. Wow. Y'all are her village. And she is going to grow up with wealthy, wealthy in love, wealthy in compassion, wealthy in not only basic knowledge, but spiritual knowledge of how your family can come together and raise you and be on one accord. That is so beautiful. It is a joy. All my children, I have a why. The reason Mm. why I wake up in the morning, why I continue on because these babies, because even if I think and I'm smiling because even Naomi she would say, Mommy, you're so pretty. I love your hair. Happy Aww. Mother's Day. And it's not even Mother's <laughs> Day, but she tell me that every single day. Baby wow. Kenzie is starting to say, and a baby Kenzie would go outside and get like a flower and a grass and bring it to me. <laughs> and so they're showing me that you're still a good mom. Yes. They're, they're blessing me with their innocence, mm. with their love. My God, my God, girl, <laughs> just just the the anointing that's in even this interview, even in the conversation. I'm just going to go ahead and say it the whole time we've been <laughs> trying to do this interview because the people that follow me, they know that we've been having ups and downs and, and turmoils trying to get interviews in. But this one. The oh enemy against us is we started at well 12 Eastern yeah. Standard, 11 Central Standard, and it is now 4:03, and we are just getting to wrap up this interview. We kept having to start and stop, but just like what she went through was a roller coaster, this interview was a roller coaster, but all of it is for God's glory, just like what she went through was for God's glory. So I thank you for your patience with whatever was going on. The enemy did not get any glory today hallelujah no glory because we persevered and went through and i'm just gonna be honest i got frustrated and we were at first emailing back and forth and she was like i'm not frustrated we can continue and i was like wow she can continue i can continue too so in that moment you gave me strength because i was like what this is the first opener for season three and this is how we gonna do it but i let the enemy know no we're not gonna do it like this it will her story will be heard it will come to pass and it's all gonna be for god's glory so you're not getting nothing today so leave us alone so i thank you for your patience i thank you for your story i I know it is gonna reach the masses and do what it needs to do y'all go and support the book it's called god within the lily beautiful book i'll be getting mine the end of the week and i am a reader so i'll read and then i'll go back and read again and also i wanted to say that the book as well as my content available on my website which is www.shanishantel.com it's available electronic paperback hardback amazon only have the paperback but you can follow social media at author well author shanishantel and if you just put that, you will find me. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to do that later today. I'm going to follow you. And I'll also put those links when I do your um, 
push out for tomorrow because this is Tuesday we're recording so when I do your push out for tomorrow I'll include your links so it'll be easier for them to just click on the link and follow you and get the book and everything else to support you awesome woman of God now before I before I usually end with guests I ask them do they have any final words any words of encouragement anything would that you would like to say before we end I just want to say that if anyone is going through something in their life where they look around and they feel that their time is over, I want you to know that God is with you. He's always with you. It may look bad, but once but once you start to dive into prayer, you will see the outcome. You're not going to look like what you look like before going in. Mm. You're, you're, gonna, you're not going to look like what you've been through. So I want to encourage people not to give up. I want to encourage people to be consistent, to, especially women, to be consistent. Know your body. Know your rest. Know yeah. what you deserve within the healthcare system, within life. And mm. continue to have that energy to, uh, to stay positive. Amen. Amen. Such powerful words to end. I... I look forward to the wonderful things that you're going to be doing that's already been implemented, that's already started. In the name of Jesus, I speak life over you. I speak that whatever you your hands touch, that it prosper. In the name of Jesus, I speak prosperity. I speak good health. I speak whatever it is that your mind, that God it places in you, that it comes forth and it comes forth with power and vitality in the name of Jesus, woman of God. You have so much power just in your voice. And I, I don't think you tapped into all of it yet, but you will. You will in the name of Jesus. Just keep going, keep pushing, keep sharing your story. I know it's some more books in you. I, I, I feel it in my spirit that you, you your hand is a pen of a ready writer and you, you got some more in you. You got some more in you that needs to come out. So I am thankful that you shared. What a season opener. What a way to begin season three with such a powerful story and such a powerful, powerful woman as Shanice Chantel. So thanks again for joining us today. Um, if you want to send me an email, send it to a woman soul restored at gmail.com. The website is www.awomansoulrestored.net. And of course, the Facebook page is A Woman Soul Restored. Folks. This show has really been enlightening and eye-opening to the things that can happen in just a minor procedure, just a minor um, operation, things that we take for granted that we don't even give a second thought to that we think we're going to go in and out. But I thank Shanice for sharing her compelling and amazing story with us today. If you would like to share your story on A Woman's Soul Restored, if you have a trial that God has gotten you through, if you have a testimony, if you just want to share a word, if you have been through something and you want to let others know that you got through it and they can get through it too, please send me an email at a restored at gmail.com 
Um, and I will respond to you as soon as possible. I am so excited about this new season. We are, um, I have this month filled and I'm working on September now. So I'm looking forward to some awesome stories coming forth this season. I am so thankful to God for this opportunity. All the emails that were still coming in when we were off air um, for the summer. I needed that break. It wasn't really a break because I still was doing things, but it takes a lot to do a weekly podcast. There's a lot that goes into it. So um, I was thankful for the break, and now I'm just so happy to just delve right back in and get going with meeting these exciting women, sharing their stories, interacting with them, and getting to know them. Because you don't just find out about a person's story and then that's the end of it. You stay connected with them and and form bonds and relationships. So I'm over the wall. I'm over super excited about season three. And I hope you stay in it with me. Thank you for sending the emails during the break. Thank you for still listening to the podcast. The numbers were still coming in. So just continue. Share the podcast with somebody. Let somebody know what I'm doing and the reach that we're trying to get. And I love you and appreciate you. So for week one, season three, this is Latanya Hendry with A Woman's Soul Restored. Have a blessed week.